Okay, so we're ready to start in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bamidbar. What we're going to do this evening is we're going to, um, we're going to discuss a, uh, an insight of the Ramban in this week's Parsha, and then we're going to expand that insight into a different Parsha, Parsha's Vayera. And the topic that we're going to talk about is self-confidence and a sense of belonging, sense of belonging somewhere. Okay, so we begin with... Uh, Parshas Bamidbar, we begin with with Herod Gimel Pasuk Yudalit. In Tezvav, the Torah says, Vaydavra Hashem Moshe Bamidbar Sinai Lemar. Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, Pakodas B'nei Levi, you should count the children of Levi. Vavesa Vasam Mishpachasam, according to their family, Kozachar Ben Chodesh Vamali, you should count them from their a month old and Antif Kudem, you should count them. Okay, so how much. How, much, how, ma- how many people were the children of Levi? The children of Levi were about 22,000 people. That's how much it was. That's the, that was the count. So the Ramban, in Pasha's, in Pasek Yudalit, 22,000. Approximately 22,000. So the Ramban, in Pasek Yudalit, is bothered that the, that is a very small number. He's bothered by the fact that the Levian were very small compared to all the other Shvatim. He says like this. He says, Behold, that, as it says in Pasek Lamites, Right, approximately the Levium from one month and on, right, were 22,000 people. There were 22,000 people. From 30 years and on, there were 8,000. So 22,000 and 8,000 together is 30,000, but it overlaps. So from one, from one month and on, so there was a small number, right? Let's they give it 22. Now, from 20 years and on, says the Ramban, the count of the Shavit Levi, of the tribe of Levi, does not reach even half of any other tribe, of any other Shavit. Even half. And don't tell me because they died, like, uh, like uh, in the Indiana Jones, you know, like uh, when, when, uh, when, the, when they opened the ark. And uh, the, if you mistreat, the Torah says, if you mistreat the ark, so the, the Aaron, so the, the people could die. The Levim could die. So they have to, their, their job was to carry on the Aron, to carry the Ark when, uh, when, the, when, the, when, when they traveled. So if you, if you don't carry it properly, the death penalty. People die instantly. So the Ramban says, don't tell me it was that, because they still haven't carried the Ark yet, in order that this should be an issue. So what, this is a tremendous wonder if you, if you think about it. If you think about it, how could it be? that the chosen ones of Hashem, the Shevet Levi, the tribe of Levi, the ones that Hashem blessed, they should be such few, so few in number in comparison to the rest of Kaiser. How could it be such a thing? That's an Abban's question. So he gives them an interesting answer. He says that the, uh, the tribe of Levi, it's a Medrash and Tanchuma, the tribe of Levi were not subject to Shebud Mitzrayim. They were not subject to the subjugation to the servitude of Egypt. As well, everybody was carrying bricks and working hard. The tribe of Levi, Shevet Levi, were not working at all. They, had the, they, was, they weren't working at all. This is what happened. So we're gonna, I want to expand a little bit on that just to give the reason why. But we'll do that after we complete the Ramban's thought. The Ramban is saying, right, but be that as it may, the tribe of Levi would not subjugate, were, were not subjugated to the servitude of Mitzrayim. They were not slaves. They didn't have the issue, right? Theoretically speaking, they don't have to eat the morrow on Pesach night because it wasn't bitter for them they didn't have they didn't have they didn't have a problem so says the Ramban right now the Jewish the the, the Jewish people 
what, what, did, what happened to the Mitzrayim? The Mitzrayim made them work very hard. What was the purpose of this hard work? What was the purpose? Is in order they make them small in number. If they would work hard, they wouldn't be able to procreate, they wouldn't be able to children, they wouldn't be able to pay attention to anything, to, to, to anything, and then they would be small in number. They wouldn't multiply. They wouldn't multiply and become a, gr- a greater nation. Right? So what did the Egyptians do? They made them hard to work hard so that this, to, to uh, 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 eradicate the problem. So what did Hashem do? What did Hashem do? Hashem multiplied them to counteract their plan. Hashem made them multiply. As it says in the Pasuk, in Pasha Shemos, Rakashi Yano Oso, the same way that they afflicted them, so too they multiplied. The more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied. The more the Mitzrayim, the more the Mitzrayim, it's like the frog. You know, it's like the plague of the frog. The more the Mitzrayim hit the frog, the more frogs came out. So this was the same thing with the Jews. The more they afflicted the Jews, the more Jews came out. There were more and more Jews. They were swarming all over the place until the Egyptians were much disgusted with them. And this was because Hashem said, Right, and here's another example. He said any, any child that's born, so Paro said, any son that's born, he should be killed. So what does it say after? It says, by year of Ha'am, by they became even greater. Hashem said, let's see, says Ramban, who is going to, whose plan is going to work, mine or theirs? They say they want to make them smaller in number. What am I going to do? I'm going to make them bigger in number. So it was inversely proportionate. The more, the more they afflicted them, the greater, the bigger they became. Counterintuitive. Hashem said, they said they want to make them smaller. I'll show them, I'll make them bigger. Right? That's what Ramban says. So why does he bring that measure so it doesn't make sense for the Levine? One second, one second. So he listen to this, right? So he says, like, so he says like this, however, the tribe of Levi, says Ramban, the tribe of Levi, the shaded Levi, they, they procreated according to the natural normal way. According to the normal way. Right? The child really could procreate according to the normal way. So the, uh, the why? Because shaded lady, they were not subjugated to the servitude. Since they weren't subjugated to the servitude of Mitzrayim, so therefore they didn't have the special bracha of Hashem to, to multiply as a result of the servitude. And therefore they had the opposite effect. Therefore they were small. Therefore everybody else was big and they were small. They were 22,000. My brother once uh, once uh, quoted this Ramban. We were we were at a party, we were at a party at uh, with people who are very rich, people who are very wealthy, um, billions of dollars, literally billions of dollars. And he was asked to speak. Can you put us in touch with him? Perhaps. Right. So he he was asked to speak at this party. So he said this that th- these people were Holocaust survivors, survived the Holocaust. So he he. Uh, you know, I wanted to stop him from speaking in the middle of the speech because he said like this. He started the speech by saying, you might ask, you know, why do we need such a lavish party? Why do we need so, you know, so much food and the music and so many people? You know, it's completely like uh, beyond uh, the purpose that the party uh, accomplishes. Why do we have, why is it so, why, why so much? Right? So he said that the Ramban says in Pashba Midbar, what, what we just said he says, he said, and, and the people who are making the party are Holocaust survivors. And the Rabbana Shalom gave them a bracha that the more the Nazis afflicted them, the more they were prosperous. So therefore, the party is not a party to show, to show the gaudiness of the hosts. 
in terms of the, lav- the lavish way in which they're making the party. However, it is, it is an example of Hashem's hashgach, of Hashem's providence, that, that, that this, is, this party represents the defeat of the Nazis. It represents the defeat of the Nazis, that the Nazis thought that they were going to kill them, that they were going to wipe them out, specifically these people who were in the, in the, in the camps. But here they are, Hitler is dead, and here they are, richer than, richer than, than, than Hitler uh, would imagine that a Jew could possibly be. That's what, that, that's what he said in this, in this Ramban. So in the middle of the speech, I thought I didn't know where, where it was going to go. But uh, it wound up very good. So this is what the Ramban is saying. What? He was put on the spot? No, no, no. He, prepared, he actually prepared this speech. <laughs> he was asked to speak. Yeah, but still, it is a little tricky because they, they probably would have said, I probably would have said, I could dispense with the Holocaust and dispense with the wealth also. Well, this is the way it was, though. This is the way it was. They could have, the Egyptian, the, the Jewish people also could have dispensed with, they could have dispensed with this, but uh, this is the way it was. So therefore, Shavit Levi, since Shavit Levi was not subjugated to the servant to the Mitzrayim, so therefore they didn't have the bracha. Therefore, they procreated in a normal way. That children, normal way. They didn't have, they, they didn't have more than everybody else. So therefore, they were small. They were twenty-two thousand. That's it. Yeah, everybody else had kids. Rashi says in Parshas Shemot, they had six at a time. Whatever it was, they, they multiplied until the until the Torah says until the Torah says that they were they were completely disgusted. The Egyptians were disgusted with them. Okay. So this is the, this is what the Ramban says in this week's Pasha. So just as a, as a point aside, why is it that Shavit Levi? Why is it that the that the um, why did Levi? Why was Levi so? Uh, why were they not uh, uh, subjugated to the servitude of Mitzrayim? So the Torah tells us in Pasha Shemos. Um, the Torah tells us in Pasha Shemos that Paro said. In the Perikay, Pasuk Dalit, Paro said to them, don't bother me. He said to Moshe and Aaron, he said, don't bother me. Go back to your work. Lechu l'siv l'seichem. Go back to, your, uh, to, to, to whatever, you were, whatever you were doing. So Rashi says, go back to the work that you're doing in your house. Why? Because it can't be, says Rashi, it can't be that he's telling them to go back to the work of the servitude of Mitzrayim because Moshe and Aaron are Leviim. There's Shavit Levi, and Shavit Levi wasn't working. Shavit Levi was doing whatever they wanted. So therefore it means go back to the work of your house. So Rashi says, and look, you see that Moshe and, and, and Aaron came and went as they pleased. They weren't, uh, uh, you know, they weren't forced to do anything. They, they came, they walked into Paro's palace, walked out of his palace, did whatever they wanted, they did. That's what the, the Rashi says. So therefore, therefore, uh, you see that Shavit Levi was not subjugated. They were, they were free. I thought you were going to tell us why. I'm going to tell you why. So says the Ramban. The Ramban says, why is this the case? So why, why is it that uh, Shavit Levi were not? Why is it that Shavit Levi were not uh, were not part of the part of the work? So he says because Shavit Levi were in a category of priests. Shavit Levi were the clergy of the Jewish society. And the clergy of Jewish society was absolved from any work, just like any other clergy is. That's what Ramban says. An example, which he doesn't quote, but this is a simple example, we find in Parshas Vayigash, you see that Yosef absolved the clergy of Mitzrayim, the priests of Egypt, from selling their land because they, because they were priests. They were, there were no taxes. Paro knew about this. Therefore, lady was special. They were, they were beyond... Uh, the, the, the usual taxation and work that is involved in, in, uh, in, 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 that, is, that, is in that, that is involved. So therefore, Levi 
was not was not subject to servitude because they were the priests, they were the Tamil Chacham, they were the Torah scholars, they learned the Torah, and they're the ones who who, who, who said the halacha. The uh, it's interesting that the Dasikin Balatosos and the Cheskuni say the, they say the, a different explanation. Say something very interesting. They say you know how the the, the subjugation in Mitzrayim started, how the servitude started. So Paro, it says the the, the the work that the Torah refers to is Perach, which means hard break, uh, back breaking hard work. But Perach stands for Yehuda stands for Perach with a soft soft mouth. Paro first tried to convince them, cajole them into work. As a matter of fact, the man says that Paro worked alongside with them. He also uh, carried the bricks and, and, and did whatever needs to be done. But then, slowly, graduation, he graduated, he kind of disappeared from the picture, and then the work became much more di- di- difficult and more difficult until they became slaves. But initially it was, uh, we have to work together for the good of the country, if we uh, put our hands together in our efforts and we, uh, and we, uh, we try to rebuild it, we'll be the biggest empire in the, in the, in the world and we'll be financially successful and none of us will have to worry about it. We have to do this for the good of the planet and the environment and everything else. That's the way it started out. But then it wound up that the Jews were working and everybody else was not. That's how it started. That's what Tato did. So, it's a, so at the beginning, at the Mamish at the beginning, the Levium said, we're not working. They said, we're not going to work. Why not? So he said that it was because they had a Kabbalah, they had a, uh, a tradition from their uh, grandfather Yaakov that they were going to carry the Aron. So since they were going to carry the Aron, therefore they weren't going to, uh, therefore they weren't going to be involved in any work. And therefore, they, since in the beginning they never started to work, therefore they never worked. That's what they, uh, that's what they say, which is an interesting, which is an interesting explanation. I think that's what the that's what the Cheskuni says, and the um, the Dazakena Baliatosos. What? What? I'm sure he desired their work too. He wanted to, but uh, it wasn't. It was done. Uh, it, it, with, 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 with politics. It was done with uh, you know socialist uh, ideas. It was done like we're going to all work together. But they had a legitimate excuse that they were going to be. It's the same. It's a, it's, it's similar excuse that they were going to be special. That it was going to be. It was going to be different. That's what it seems like. Uh, that's what it seems like that they say. The the Cheskuni and the yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we come to now we come to now we come to the point of our discussion, and that is is that is that it's very interesting that the Meshachachma Rabbi Meir Simcha says that Shaved Levi was not the only was not the only tribe that was not working in Mitzrayim. Okay? It was not the only tribe that was not working in Mitzrayim. His mother or Miriam, they didn't work? No, they didn't. Nobody worked. Nobody worked. From the, if you were from the family of Levi, you are, you know, you were free. You can, uh, the whole day, you can go shopping, you can go, you can go, I don't know, you, I mean, whatever it is, play shuffleboard. Learn some Torah. What? Hey, you can relax. This is this was this was the this is what happened. They relaxed. Okay, fine. 
Yes, okay. So in chapter 6, in Parshas Vayera, in Shemos, chapter 6, verse number 13, is a peculiar, peculiar verse. It's a peculiar pasuk. It says like this. It says, um, verse number 13, it says like this. It says, Vaydaber Hashem el Moshe vel Aaron. Hashem spoke to Moshe and to Aaron. Vayitzavein el Bnei Yisrael, command the Jewish people, the El Paro, and command Paro, Melech Mitzrayim, the king of Egypt, Bahaitiyas Bnei Yisrael, Merit Mitzrayim, to free the Jewish people from the land of Egypt. So the Meshach Hakim is bothered by um, the question that everybody's, I mean, Rashi is also bothered by if you look at this very carefully. But the question is, what are you commanding the Jewish people for? Again, the Pasuk says, command the Jewish people and Paro to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. What do you need to command the Jewish people for? Just command Paro. Right? You hear the question, uh, Eitan? You hear it? Well, why, why command them? Why command the Paro and the Jewish Paro is the one who should say, free the Jewish, pe- free the Jewish people. That's the one you should say to. Don't say it to, to, the, to, to the Jewish people. Why, why the Jewish people? Why are they, why they command? They, they don't want to go. Jewish. Maybe they don't want to go. You're yeah. just saying good. That's right, because in the, in the, in the plague of darkness, four-fifths of them died because they didn't want to go. Because yeah. it could be that, that, that could be. Rashi says that... Uh, Hashem knew they were going to complain later in the desert. Why'd you take me out? Hashem knew they were going to complain later. So therefore you should want to go. So you're saying like you did. Yeah. Okay. So Baal and you are saying this. So he says something else. Listen to this. It's unbelievable. He says like this. He says... Now in every situation you see that there is... Okay. You, you see what... It, it, very interesting. He says that it must be that amongst the Jewish people there were... Amongst the Jewish people there were people who were princely in Egypt. Even when everybody was suffering and working, there must have been people who conducted themselves as royalty. They, they conducted themselves as chashubim. They, were, they made themselves important. Right, there must have been. Who, who were these people that made themselves important? He says three tribes, three shvatim, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. It must be there was Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Why is that? So he says, it's a medrash. The medrash says this. Because it says in, 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 in the next verse that follows, it says, These are the children of Reuben. These are the children of Shimon. These are the children of Lady. And then it stops with Moshe and Aaron. Asks the Medrash in Parshas Noso. Ask the Medrash in Noso. Parshas 13. Asks, Why did it count Reuben, Shimon, and then Lady in this Parsha? And then stop with Moshe and Aaron? To tell you that Reuben, Shimon, and Lady made themselves important. They had swara, they were princes, they were kings. They set up an office, they made a, you know, a capital, city hall. They put a, a sign on top, it said, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. We're in charge. And the medicine doesn't say it exactly like that. It says, first it was Ruvain, then Shimon, then Levi, but they made themselves in charge. You know, they, they, that, that's what happened. That's why they're listed in the Pasha, nobody else. So he says, it happens to be that the three, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi, had three things in common. What is it that they all had in common? What they all had in common is Levi, because he was not, because Levi was not in the servitude of Mitzrayim. Therefore, he didn't have a portion in the land. He didn't have a portion in the land of Israel. Right? We know that. Hashem says that Levi does not have a portion in the land of Israel because he is my inheritance. The Jewish people will support him. He didn't have a portion in the land of Israel. Ruvain, 
also didn't have a portion of the land of Israel because it says in Parshas Matos that when they got to Eretz Israel, Reuven said, I have too much cattle, I have too much stuff, I want this part on the other side of the Yardane, and I'll go to war first with the Tzachachachach. So Reuven didn't have a portion of the land of Israel. Shimon, says the Meshachachman, Shimon also didn't have a portion of the land of Israel. How do we know this? Because Meshachachman says, what did Shimon do? Shimon did something very, uh, uh, very uh, questionable. Shimon was in cahoots together with Levi in Pasha's Vayishtach, and they went and they killed out the entire city of Shechem. Because Shechem and Hamor uh, defiled Leah, uh, defiled Dina. So they took revenge. So the Ramban says in uh, Pasha's Vayichi, Ramban says in Pasha's Vayichi, you remember that Yaakov gave a curse, so to speak, to Ruvain and Shimon, right? And Levi. What was the curse that he gave Shimon and Levi? That they're going to be spread out amongst the Jewish people. Says the Ramban, like I explained in Parshas Vayishlach, Yaakov was not happy with what Shimon and Levi did. The, the, the Tati wasn't, the, whatever, the daddy, the Tati, the... the uh, the Abba was not happy with what they did. And he told them so. Why not? Because Ramban explained that they all became Gerim. They all became, they all converted. They did bris milah and they all converted and they became part of Abraham's family. As it says in Pasha's Lechacha, and they were part of the, 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 the souls that were converted by Abraham and so they became part of the family. Right? So and they became part of the family, and the plan, the Ramban explains, was to get the Mamila, and when they got sick, Shimon and Levi, everybody was going to come in, they were going to kill Shechem and Hamar, take back Dina, and leave everybody else alone. But Shimon and Levi were so angry, they took revenge on the entire city. So Yaakov was upset. Yaakov was upset. So what did Yaakov say? Yaakov said to him, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, says the Ramban, I don't want to be a part, I don't want to take credit for this. I don't want people to think that I was responsible. Therefore, I don't want to be together with them, and I want them to be spread out. The consequence of this was is that Shimon did not have a portion in the land of Israel, says Ramban. Shimon was spread out in pockets in the portion of Yehuda. They never were able to congregate together as a shevet. Instead, they were in Yehuda in pieces, in pockets, one, one, one family here, one family over there. They didn't have a portion that was straight in the land of Israel as a result of this, because Yaakov cursed them. Okay? So these three tribes, what in common is, is that they didn't have a portion in the land of Israel. Straight out. They didn't have a portion in the land of Israel. So he says something very interesting. He says like this. He says that it must be that if Reuven, Shimon, and Levi were the ones who opened up City Hall, took power, and were in, uh, in the business of control in Mitzrayim, it must be that they owned slaves. Where do they get slaves from? They bought the slaves from the Mitzrayim. They bought Jewish slaves from the Egyptians. That's what he says. That's what they, they must have had them. So because of this, because of this, Hashem was upset, so to speak, that they had slaves. Therefore, he commanded them to free their slaves before they can leave Mitzrayim. Uh, they were bothering. You know, they went into business. They started buying other Jews. Not only were the Jews working for the Egyptians, but they were also working for Jews. They were working for Ruben, Shimon, and Levi. 
as he says, very interesting, fascinating idea, right? So he, 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 he says the Meshachachma, therefore, what was the question that we asked? It says here, and Hashem commanded Moshe and Aaron to command the Jewish people and Paro to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. Says the, the, the Meshachachma, what do you have to command the Jewish people for? To command Reuben and Shimon Levi that before I can take you out of Mitzrayim, you have to free your slaves in addition to Paro freeing his slaves. Not only did Paro have to free his slaves, but also you have to free your slaves. That's what he, that, that, that's what he, uh, <coughs> the, 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 that's the explanation of this possible. Okay, so says the Meshachachma like this. Now this is the, uh, this is where we get to the point of our, of our discussion. Maybe there's another part here that is interesting, but we'll skip it for the moment, just to get to the point in case we don't have enough time. The Meshachachma is like this. Now we all know the famous Mechotah, we all know the famous Medrash. What did the Jewish people do in the Tzvayim that was special? that distinguished them from everybody else. So says the Mechilta, they did four things that they, they were, they were Zoycha to, uh, that they were Zoycha to for, for the Gula. What were the four things they did? They didn't change their name, right? They didn't change their language. They didn't have illicit relationships. And they never said Lashon Hara. Those are the four things that they did, says the Mechilta. Okay? Because of these four things, why was it, why, these four things, why were they so strong, these four things? This is the Meshachach, this is very interesting. They understood themselves to be a nation, and they considered themselves to be strangers in Egypt. They didn't consider themselves to be citizens of the country. Why? Because they were hoping and aspiring to leave the land of Egypt and become the nation that they are. There was, they always looked to the light at the end of the tunnel. They always looked that there's going to be one day that we're not going to be here. We're not going to live here forever. Because of that, that future, you know, the, our Victor Frankl, that future gave them the capacity, the strength, the fortitude to be able to, to, to withstand the test of not changing their name and their language and speaking Russian and all of this because they understood themselves to be together as one, as a nation. However, right, and how, did, and how did they get this? And therefore, he says, Yaakov gave them each a bracha. Yaakov gave them each a bracha, as you see by Zvulun, he says, Yaakov gave them each a bracha of the portion in the land of Israel they're all going to have. In other words, they're going to be a group together as a nation, and they're going to have a portion in the land of Israel together. So ya- Yaakov gave them his bracha. However, the three shvatim of Reuben, Shimon, and Lady, what did Yaakov do to them? Yaakov cursed them, basically. He told Reuben, Pachas Kamayim, I'll tell you something, you're, 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 you're too, too, too quick. Reuben made a mistake. He told Shimon and Levi that he's going to split them up because they killed, uh, right? Yaakov distanced them. So Yaakov distanced them. In addition, he doesn't mention this, but Yaakov distanced them and they ended in that they weren't going to have a portion of the land of Israel, in, in Eretz Israel. So therefore, they didn't have, listen, listen to this, they did not have the same confidence, the same understanding that they're part of the Jewish people because they didn't have a portion of their own and Yaakov pushed them away. Therefore, if they would have been in servitude, says the Meshach if they would have been slaves, they would have never been able to be strong enough not to change their language, not to change their, their names. They wouldn't have been strong enough to withstand it and they would have assimilated into the Mitzrayim and disappeared. As as, as 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 the tribes, 
Therefore, the Hashgacha, the Divine Providence, arranged it that it should be that they should not have, they should not be servants in Mitzrayim so that they should be able to survive the Golas, the exile. Yeah, that's what he says. That's what the Meshachachum says. They're unbelievable. So therefore, he says that 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 the fact that Yaakov distanced Reuben, Shimon, and Levi made them weak in their emotional fortitude, made them weak to be able to survive, to be able to be strong against the 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 the, the, uh, the challenges of the society that they were in, if they would be subjugated to servitude. What do you mean? It's not like Yaakov didn't... Yaakov, because they chose, they made bad choices. It's true they made bad choices, but in the end, when they were there together, their father told them, made them feel like they're not a part of everybody else. But fine, but then they didn't have it. Because of that, they didn't have it. Yeah. Because of that, it's fine. So it could be it's their own choice. But in the end, they didn't have it. You know, it, 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 the first thing that comes to mind by me with this is children. You know, sometimes when we have, it's very important to make our children, whoever we consider our children or, or friends or whatever, or, 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 or people who are under our tutelage, to make them feel like they're a part of us, to make them feel like they're part of the family. Cause, because, because that because that creates a certain measure of self-confidence. It creates a certain uh, strength that cannot be, waver- cannot be moved by the trials and tribulations of life. People know, right? I have, this is, this is, this, this is, I, I have a father, I have a mother, I have a teacher, right? And, and, and uh, I'm important to them. And that gives people uh, the ability, the self-confidence, the ability to move on. To be, uh, the ability to be able to, 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 to handle the challenges. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't know if this was a, a, a you know, so to speak, a national tribal psychosis that Reuben and Shimon Levy suffered, but to a certain extent, to a certain extent, it was, right? To a certain extent, they, were not, they would not have been able to handle the servitude. If they had to carry those bricks, they would have disappeared into the Egyptian society. They wouldn't have been able to fight it back because in order to fight, you have to have a future. Right? And they didn't have that feeling of future. Therefore, the only way for them to survive was, was for the divine providence to arrange, for whatever reason, that they should not have, that they should not be able, that they should have sorrow, that they should have leadership and, 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 and not be subjugated to, to um, they should not be subjugated to the servitude of Mitzrayim. So this is not only Shevet Levi, but Shevet Levi had partners, Ruvain and, 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 and Shimon, in, in, in this endeavor, Right? Now you ask me the question uh, so fine, so what about Ruben and Shimon? Why are they so why were there so many people if they weren't subjugated to the uh to, I I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. It could be, you know, the measures does say that at some point they were they were part of the subjugation. At some point they were part of it. First it was Ruben uh and then Shimon, they took turns and then it was Levi. So it could be that it has something to do with that. But this is at least be that as it may, this is the Meshach Hakmu's insight. So I was thinking like this. I was thinking that, um, um, okay, so before, we get, before, before I get to that, so there's, there's a safer written called the Pele Yoet. So the Pele Yoet 
has a very interesting. He has subject matters according to alphabetical uh, alphabetical order. The whole safer is he takes a little subject, writes a little blurb about about every single uh, about every single uh, subject according to the alphabet. So for the entry for us for sadness, he has he says the following. He has he says like this in the name of the safer abris. He says that there's two reasons why a person should never get depressed. And we're not talking about a person who has clinical depression that they're you know that they that they that they have an imbalance in their in their in their brain or whatever it is in their, in their hormonal imbalance or whatever maybe cause depression. We're not talking about chemicals. We're talking about a person you know somebody who's down or, or depressed because because of uh, because of their perception. So he says there's no reason to ever be depressed for two reasons. Never to be. Number one is right. There's two options when a person is in a pickle when a person is in a has an issue. Either something can be done about that issue or something can't be done about that issue. If it can be done, so do it. And if it can't be done, so go right there. Go for it. There's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to, what, what, what's the problem? Right? That, that should always be the perception. You know, sometimes when we feel, when we feel like when we, you know, we insult somebody we're by accident, sometimes, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes we say something that's inappropriate to someone or something that's wrong. We make them feel bad or whatever it is. So that we become their slaves forever. We become their slaves forever because we feel like, we feel like, you know, that, they're, that they're, we, they have something up on us. We insulted them and so now we owe them our lives. Right? But everybody makes mistakes. Sometimes you insult somebody, so what can you do about it? If the person will accept your apology, great. They accept your apology, say you're sorry. And if they want to accept your apology, then they won't accept it. There's nothing to, 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 to be upset about. Uh, we, we, we just go on. So that, therefore, there's no reason to be depressed. If something is done, it's done. And if it's not done, then it can be, then it can be fixed. The second reason he says, and this I think uh, fits a little bit, uh, a little bit into, our, into what we're saying, he says is that a person should think about how that they have the greatest good that possibly could be. They have the Torah. We have the Torah of truth. We have the statutes and the mitzvahs of Hashem. Right? And this is the, this is the biggest riches that we could possibly have. That we should we should think in our minds that we were zoicha, we were we merited to be Jewish, to live in a Jewish environment, to have the exposure to uh, to, to to the Torah and the performance of mitzvahs, and to have a real relationship with Hashem through this. Right? Person believes in this, so then they they, they believe in this and they have this perspective. Then uh, everything is hunky dory, everything is great. We're part of the family. Right? When as soon as you feel a part of the family, so then you're imbued with 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 uh, with, 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 with with self confidence. You know, sometimes when we see people. Sometimes when we see people that, that are clearly uh, lesser than ourselves, just simply either because of choice or not because of choice, so sometimes we feel, you know, uh, 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 inside we feel um, thankful to the Rabbana Shalom that he, that, that he put us in a situation where we're, you know, uh, we have more opportunity or, or, or more connection to him than other, than other people. So, you know, that feeling, if we tap into that feeling, that is, a, that is a feeling of tremendous, tremendous happiness and definitely pushes away all sadness and, uh, and, 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 and takes away depression. And that allows us to, to make the proper decisions in life and go through the trials of life with, uh, with a tremendous amount of fortitude and be successful. That's the, that's the lesson that we learned from Ruben Chimney Levy. Now, this lesson comes to the fore. And it's very powerful in Pasha Shoftim. In Pasha Shoftim, the Torah says like this. The Torah says, the Torah says in Pasha Shoftim, if what happens if in between two cities 
one finds a dead body. Okay? One finds a, a person who was, who was clearly murdered in between two cities. So what's going to happen? It says that the elders of the cities, the judges and the elders of the cities, have to measure from their city to the dead body. And the city that's closer will take its sages and they'll do they'll bring the sacrifice on the side of the mountain. It's a whole process which we'll go, which is called the Egla Rufa. Okay? This is chapter twenty one in in in, in, in Tvarim. So it says like this. It says that the elders of the city, what are they gonna do? They're gonna come down and they're gonna make uh, they're, they're gonna bring this, this sacrifice, right? And then they're gonna make the following statement. They're gonna make the fo- they're gonna make the following declaration. Va'anu va'amru, they will answer and they will say. The sages will say. The sages of the city that was the closest that's doing this process for the murder for the homicide, for the homicide victim. Va'anu they're gonna say yadeinu l'shavchas adamaze. Our hands did not spill this blood. The eneinu lorao, and our eyes did not see it. This is part of the kafilam Yisrael forgive, atone the Jewish people. This is the declaration that the most chashiva, the most important people to say the Torah scholars of the city will make. Okay? So Rashi asks the obvious question, and which is, happens to be a Gemara and Sot on page 45b. Rashi asks the, the, the most obvious question. He says, what? We think that the elders of the city committed murder? They have to make a declaration. You should know. We did not spill this blood. They're the one. Well, let's take out the people from the jail. Let's take out the the the, the, the uh, death row uh, people with tattoos all over, whatever. Right, the ones who committed murder. But let them make the declaration. I'm the one. I didn't do it. The the, the sages, the rabbis of the uh, of the city, have to come and make the declaration. We didn't do it. What does that mean? Right. So Rashi says, and Rashi's answer, which is the Gemara's answer, is even more perplexing. Rashi says. Is that you know what you, you know what they're saying? They're saying like this. We did not see him and let him go without misoinus. We didn't send him without a piece of cake. We didn't send him without a bologna sandwich. What do they call the bread and the special bread? The flat bread. We didn't send him without lavosh, right? We didn't send him without that. And we didn't accompany accompany him outside. We didn't take him a walk. We didn't take we didn't take him for a walk when they went outside the city. This is what they say. That's what it means. So the question is, the question is, but still, fine, so you didn't give them food. You didn't give them the lavosh. You didn't give them the, uh, what are those soups? They are instant tradition soup. You didn't give them that. So that's murder? Because you didn't give them that, it's murder? Now, you're making a declaration that there wasn't a person that left the city that you didn't give him a, a pekala. Uh, right? The traitor was there, he didn't give That's murder? Why, why is that? The, the Pasek says, our hands did not spill this blood. It doesn't say our hands didn't give him lavosh. Okay? So what does it mean? So all the, all the, all the books, I didn't see this inside, but all the books write in the name of the altar from Kelm. Say for Lekach Tov and then Mishok and Gavoy, all these compilations write in the name of the altar from Kelm. It's just like this. The altar gives this very interesting psychological... Uh, Insight, which is the point of our, uh, of, I think, which is the same point of our discussion of the Meshachachma. He says, the Altavim Gensleis, he says that, that if, if, if you have a person who is going by themselves, leaving a city, right, and you don't give him food, and you don't, you don't take him, you, you don't walk him outside of the city, then what, what, what does that mean for them psychologically? That means is that you are by yourself, you're all alone, there's nobody with you.
Nobody cares. So he says like this. He says, he says that 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 if you give such a man, if you if you don't give people food, you don't you don't accompany them outside of your house or whatever it is outside of the city. You give him a message that we don't care. Nobody cares. You're by yourself. So what happened to this guy? He was clearly a homicide victim. So the the, the would be killer came up to him, says the author from Kelm, and he tried to kill him. This person could afford afford him off. He says. This person who died could afford him off. He could have, you know, even if he didn't have any skills in karate or taekwondo, whatever, he could afford him off. He says, but what? He didn't have the emotional fortitude because he felt like he was all alone by himself. This person who felt like he was all alone by himself didn't have the strength, didn't have the confidence, didn't have the uh, the, the 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 brain power to fight this person off, and therefore they killed him. So he says that's why the sages, when they make the declaration, they say that our hands did not spill this blood is that we did not send them off with a message that we don't care so that when he came in, in, in a question of danger as a result of our actions he died we didn't do this they, we, right? that's what they have to say so you see from here this is well, they didn't know about him. Maybe they didn't know about it. Right, they are. They're supposed to know, but they didn't know about this fellow. That's what they're saying. They're making a decree. We didn't know. If we would have known, we wouldn't have done this. We're otherwise, right, they're held accountable by the Torah for, for this homicide. They're held accountable. So this, I think this is the same idea. This is the same idea, right? That Reuben, Shimon, and Levi, if they would have been in the servitude of Mitzrayim, right, because Yaakov distanced them with his brachos, so the whole tribe didn't have the same uh, confidence, the same I am part of the Jewish people that, in eight, that gave them the strength to fight the servitude, to fight the Egyptian society and say, I'm not going to change my language. I'm still going to speak Hebrew, Lashon HaKodesh. I'm still going to call my son Yosef, uh, or, or Yaakov, or Ephraim. I'm not going to call him, uh, you know, something else. I'm not going to say Lashon Hara about, uh, about other people. This gave me the strength. Ruben and Shimon didn't have that power because of their emotional fortitude as a result of Yaakov pushing them away, even if it was their own fault. The same way that this fellow didn't have the power to say, I want to, you know, that uh, I, I, I want to live. He didn't have the same, you know, uh, a fraction of a second, a fraction of, of, of anything can make the biggest difference. Therefore, the, 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 the murderer was able to overcome him. This is, the, this, this, is the, this is the message. So the message is very clear. So the message for, for us this evening is like this. Is that basically in this week's Pasha, it says that the Ruvain, the lady, the reason why they were so small in number is because they weren't part of the servitude of Mitzrayim. But that, as we saw from the Meshachachma, caused Levi to, uh, that caused Levi because they weren't part of the servitude of Mitzrayim. In addition to the fact that, uh, that Yaakov pushed them away, right, and they didn't have a land, they, they didn't have a portion of the land of Israel, that caused them a little bit to have a different uh, emotional disposition, which could have been damaging to their, uh, to their survival. Therefore, Hashem arranged it, right, this, therefore it wasn't by accident the fact that they weren't part of the, part of the Shebu Mitzrayim.
Okay, that's what the uh, that, that that's basically our ma- that's basically our message for this evening. So we have a few more minutes, you know. And this this of course is applicable to uh, this is applicable to us all. We all encounter situations where we all encounter situations where we are challenged, and sometimes it takes a lot of uh, self confidence and a sense of belonging. Sometimes we we feel by our by ourselves. Um, when we feel by, our, by ourselves and we don't uh, feel like we have support, it's much more difficult to, to handle the situation. Yeah, but you're also saying that it's that, so if it's a thought process, you owe it to yourself and to the Jewish people to, to, to see it positively. I mean, I don't really understand how the tzaddikim of the, of the shvatim could allow us to make ourselves feel like part of Hashem. Don't we? I mean, we can't just... So therefore what? So is, you mean to try... Yeah, but it's fine. It's, it's still it's still very powerful. It, it is powerful. It is powerful. But part of the message should be that that's part of our job. Part of our challenge is to make ourselves feel like part like part of the day of show. I mean, even if it is a challenge, even if we have reasons to not believe so, but we have to work on it to to believe so, right?
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I got to do that.